FCS football podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. And Sean Anderson. I am a soothsayer. Welcome back to the Believe in FCS Football Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Sean Anderson, two former college football players from the University of Rhode Island. Today's episode, we are going to be recapping the final game of the FCS season, the FCS National Championship, a wild outcome as the Bearcats are going to be your FCS champion. Before we get to that, though, Sean, how are you doing today? Don't even, don't even start with me. I'm not. Oh, I'm not, oh you know what? First of all, in. you didn't acknowledge oh. that I have the official FC Estimates Spring 2021 crown after yet getting yet another already, win after I chose Sam we Houston State. You. I'm officially oh. on that train. I might buy a jersey. So you know, I, I just buy want, a jersey. I wanted stopping a you. little bit of acknowledgement that I got one last win over you this spring. And I didn't, didn't get my whiffed in, so I'm mad at Joe. What? Go, you know what? Do what I do. Can you wake up at five in the morning and go get your lift in? You'll be no, because like, I work uh, until two a.m. at the earliest. You only need three hours to sleep. You stink on ice. You what are time you wake horrendous. Up what time did you wake up today? Don't worry about it. No, it's a serious question. I'm, I was getting my fans... day started before you wore because you're too busy uh, lounging no. around on the on the on the west coast. That's not true. What time did you wake up? Answer the question. I don't know. 9.30? I was up before you. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. The audacity. I got home at 3 a.m. You're still in the balls to tell me that I, I, I was I was sleeping around here on the West Coast. I'm three hours behind, and I was still awake. I worked until 2.30 in the morning last night. God, what I were you doing? <laughs> Sitting on your ass playing MLB The Show. That's what you were doing. Probably. Yes. So I don't want to hear it from you. <laughs> Actually, I come I, home, I, I go to sleep. <laughs> it's not, uh, oh my gosh, I'm just going to go to bed at 11 after just relaxing the, the last two hours of my day like you. I close out my I day actually, grinding. I actually went to bed at 9.30. Well, then I you don't have a life. Uh, I like, to, I like to, to be properly rested. Oh, so I know I you do because the one time I had girls over at so our house in college, re- you yeah. threw a hissy fit. The no, one time. No, 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 no. You did that at, you at, at two in the morning. You destroyed my night. You had you, you, you were so in the angry because I, the one time I had guests over late night. Sean, you there's there is a right or wrong way to you do You left. There, you crushed the vibe. Hey, hey, this is so unbelievably off tangent, but there is a right and a wrong way to do that. You knew that I was staying in that night. Okay. How did you I know? know? I didn't have your schedule. I I, t- I told you I was staying. It was blatantly obvious I wasn't going anywhere. Oh, you I forgot you were going to be asleep up, at 11 p.m. on a Saturday you, night. You could you could have given me a heads up, bad. and I would have just I would have just left and gone to my girlfriend. Well, you should have heard the heads so up as simple. soon as they entered because not 30 seconds oh, yeah, after they walked in, the morning, you said what? The, oh, first of all, no, no, no. It was 12:30, 12:45. It was not 2 a.m. You barged out at why 2 a.m. Why does anyone listen to this podcast? Why does anyone listen? To, I don't know how we get the amount of listeners that we do, that we waste five minutes of the opening uh, remarks of this show. You I took asked the you first how you shot. Were doing. I started it on FCS to miss trying to keep it FCS. But you know what? You <laughs> burned my lift today. It's okay. 
I'm just going to talk about bet online. You're, Can I do that? Let's just transition go back ahead. to FCS. BetOnline.ag. The, the bet if there's an over-under that your co-host is going to crush your schedule during the day, I smash the over because you couldn't get a pub <laughs> because he had a meeting that could push back 30 gonna, minutes. Smash the get over on BetOnline.ag. You can do that or you can bet on sports. NHL playoffs are happening. <laughs> NBA playoffs are about to happen. I hope the Clippers get blown out 4-0 and they lose by 30 every single game. They probably will. I'll bet on it too on betonline.ag. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, I think that that was the shouting match that we needed to prepare ourselves to discuss what was... An incredibly wild game this weekend. You good there, Sean? I'm straight. Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) It actually was what we needed. I feel better now. I got that out of the way. We were both lagging a little bit, and that that woke us up. That was the second take of the open, if you folks were wondering. The second, the second take was meaner than the first. (laughs) Yeah, the first. The first first one just got derailed, and I cursed. That like usual. So uh, we're referencing here the FCS National Championship. If you didn't watch it, don't even listen to the show. You missed out on what was easily the best game of the season. Uh, it It had everything, Sean. It had so many different aspects of a football game that I didn't know I was going to see on a, a Sunday mid... Or, or I guess it was late morning for me because the game kicked off at 11. 23-21, the Bearcats storm back after South Dakota State had taken a lead in the fourth quarter. This was a low-scoring defensive battle. Just some quick stats before we recap the game. Eric Schmid, 20 for 37, 209 yards, three touchdowns. Ramon Jefferson had a really good rushing performance, 16 carries, 96 yards, six yards a clip. And then Jaquez Ezert was the star of the show, Mm. 10 receptions, 108 yards, two touchdowns. On the South Dakota State, uh, State side of things, Keaton Heidi, who was forced to start or step in after uh, Mark Gronowski got hurt, 11 for 22, 107, and one interception. Isaiah Davis had a fantastic game as he goes 14 for 178 and three touchdowns, a big reason why they were able to stay as close as they did. But talking about this game having everything, Sean, the first part of this game that really impacted the whole first half was the weather. And the rain was so torrential, was so bad that we had a thunder delay that lasted about, I think it was like 70 minutes or something like that. It lasted long enough that I had time to get up, go to the grocery store, come back, and it was still in the rain delay. But this rain really caused some serious problems for both squads as there were fumbles, miscues, everything, bad snaps, special teams errors. So many problems were caused by the weather. It was not the game that we had versus William & Mary where we knew we were going to play in a nor'easter and we just walked out and we were immediately drenched and we just said, okay, we're not going to get dry. We might as well just play the game. This game, it was the national championship. So there's a little more tension than what we had in 2018. Uh, it was definitely impactful. It was as impactful as Ezard and uh, Davis were on the game. It was probably... Uh, factor number three that really totaled into what was decided in the ball game. I got an in- yeah, sorry, <clears throat> I've got an interesting take here. I don't know why I got so caught up on my words. 
I honestly hate when that happens when the weather is so bad it seriously impacts both teams' performances in such simple things. And I know it's something that you can't control, and we even played in a game that's weather was way worse than this national championship game. But I just kept wincing when I was seeing these bad snaps, uh, these poor exchanges on handoffs, the special teams problems that we saw. Nobody was hitting field goals, and punt was almost a, a guaranteed turnover in some spots for both teams. So I, I don't know. I hate seeing that. Because part of me wishes that the game could go without weather impacting it the, the, and these talented players could actually play at the level that they're capable of. Uh, okay. It's also football, though, Joe. You know, yeah, uh, that's the true. greatest show on turf is fun, electrifying. That offense was fantastic. But tell me you don't you don't have a little bit of romance towards football when you see Philly and Buffalo playing in six inches of snow and Megatron is pulling out a chunk of snow. It's just... It's part of the game. It's it's a it's a hard nosed game for tough guys. You know, uh, the football has gotten a little prettier as of late. You know, <laughs> the, the the stadiums, <laughs> the fields, uh, the the wardrobe, all of it. It's gotten a little prettier. But dudes in Green Bay are going out and playing in twenty degrees, and that's when it becomes a real man's game. That's when it becomes a, a, a tough. Not even. It's just a tough person's game. You play in everywhere. I mean, I I, I know. Uh, professional uh players in the in the u.s for the u.s women's team that have had to play in uh terrible weather and they're gritty as hell and they're doing everything that they can do it's a tough person's game so i don't mind it when the weather is making an impact because you got to play through it it's it's in football sports it's all about overcoming some form of adversity if it's, if it's the weather it's the weather if it's the other team it's the other team Folks, you, sh- you could probably guess which one of us is the offensive lineman and which one of us was the long snapper based on the response to the, <laughs> the question of uh, rain in the equation. But y- you mentioned adversity, and early adversity hit for South Dakota State. As Mark Kronowski, the starting quarterback, first drive, goes down with a strange injury. You can't really figure out what's going on, but Keaton Heidi has to step in and play the remainder of the game. And it almost makes me wonder, Sean, Actually, it doesn't make me wonder. I know for a fact that if Keaton Heidi was not the quarterback for the remainder of this game, I don't think the the Bearcats would have won. I don't think this game would have been as close. Gronowski going out immediately took the air out of that South Dakota State offense, even though it was struggling early in the rain. But I think if you throw uh, Gronowski into that equation with uh, Isaiah Davis, who had a huge performance, they would have been able to score more than 21 points. I don't think Davis would have had as big of a performance uh, if if Gronowski stayed healthy, but I also think Gronowski probably would have thrown for two touchdowns, and they or they might have actually no. If it's raining, quarterbacks and their play is kind of taken out of it a little bit, so it's become well, the gr- ground the, game. The rain was the rain was basically done by the time the rain delay was over, yeah. and that was why we started to see Schmidt connecting with Ezard, and and that final drive wouldn't have happened in the first quarter. It just wouldn't have agreed. The way that he was able to matriculate the ball down the field the way that he did. But I, I don't know. I think Kronowski, if you put him into the fourth quarter when they started to pick up some steam and they were able to run the football, I think Kronowski does a way better job than Keaton Heidi did. I mean, that's not even a debate, though. You know, that the South Dakota State offense have been rolling all season with Kronowski. So it's really, really difficult when you lose your starting quarterback who has been nothing but effective for your team to an injury at the beginning of the ball game. But also with that, I do have to say, as you already did allude to my offensive line tendencies, this South Dakota State offensive line, incredibly impressive. A ton of big athletes 
moving in space, making blocks for Davis. And as much as Davis kept them in the game, the offensive line kept Davis going and kept the whole offense going. I mean, Pierre Strong doesn't get 57 yards for nothing. Davis doesn't get 178 for nothing. Uh, on Davis's 85-yard touchdown, they ran power perfectly. It was a great read, but on that, you see blockers down the field. In South Dakota State, their offense, with or without Gronowski, had a game plan and was able to adjust and keep it close. Yeah, that game plan, and you're talking about that, that adjustment, it seems like they started to realize, hey, let's let's be a little bit more aggressive on the ground. We're clearly not going to move the ball through the air, and Sam Houston was doing whatever they could to try and stop it with that elite defensive line in front seven they possess, but it didn't work, especially on that 85-yard rushing touchdown, and you hit perfectly into that Isaiah Davis touchdown and how he took over for this jackrabbit offense in the second half and as this game was really close and then at one point it started to look like the Bearcats were going to retain the 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 power in this power struggle but Isaiah Davis that huge rushing touchdown that he had all those big gains that he had leading up to it was a big reason why they took that late lead and honestly at that point I thought the game was going to be over after that 85 yard touchdown I thought that they had all of the momentum they were going to play jackrabbit football the way that we saw them do all year, which is hit a huge banger of a rushing play and then play really stout defense. But they didn't, they weren't able to do that. But Isaiah Davis was so key for almost leading the charge uh, to take the lead and win the football game. They definitely were. But you also have to credit I, – I, I, I don't know if I share the same sentiments of doubt that South Dakota, uh, Sam Houston State was going to come back, but you have to kind of admit Schmidt played better than – I expected in this game, he did step up, right? You know, 54 yards on the ground and three touchdowns passing. It's just him, him and Ezra. Their connection is very, very strong. And he stepped up to the plate during this, during this game. And he's not, if it's him versus Gronowski, maybe Gronowski outduels him, but he definitely dueled the entire game. It was basically him versus Davis. Yeah, it, it, it really was in that, in that circumstance. You do have to give some credit to Schmid, because he did outperform the expectation. His completion percentage was not very good, but you have to consider what he was dealing with in the first half. A high volume of passes, 37 passing attempts, is a lot for Schmid, uh, even though we've seen him throw for some pretty gaudy passing totals. I would like to give more credit, though, Sean, to Jaquez Ezard, who is and has to be talked about as the most explosive player in the FCS. We're referring to Sam Houston's receiver, former transfer from Howard, who had so many big plays. He had a, a punt return touchdown that was called back. As soon as I saw him catch that punt return, I don't know if you know the, pl the exact play I'm referencing, Sean. I do. But as soon as he caught that, that ball, I was like, oh, this thing's getting housed. He line drive that punt and also placed him with the full field uh, the 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 wide side of the field with a ton of room, and I knew he was going to score immediately. If it wasn't for his buffoon teammate blocking somebody in the back, that would have would have been a touchdown for them. But Ezard had such a big performance, and I'm pointing directly at him why they won. I know a lot of people want to say Schmid was a big reason why they won, but you got to give the credit to Ezard. Ezard took over this ball game. Didn't Ezard? Am I correct me if I'm wrong? Did he not have another touchdown that was called back on a holding penalty? Or was that on South Dakota State? I'm trying to recall. Oh, God. There were so many miscues. I don't even know if I can remember that specific play. I mean, you, that sounds about right, though. I, it was, he was just dominant. He was, every time that the ball was in the air towards him, it's either going to be a huge play or it's going to be 
a, as close to a huge play as it could be. You know, if it's a, a great defensive play or it, it's not, it's hardly ever on Jaquez Ezard. But, I mean, you also have to give, uh, I don't know, that's not the same Houston State. They came back. They won a game. Schmidt threw a dime to a, a day, and that was a great pass. That was a great catch. And he had he ended up with 5-73 and 73 in a touchdown, the game-winning touchdown also. So it, it was a really good passing attack all day. And they we thought they were going to lean heavier on the rushing. I mean, Ramon Jefferson still at 100 yards. That's nothing to sneeze at. But it's hard to say 96 yards on the ground is genuinely overshadowed by Schmidt passing. It doesn't happen much. No, no. And Ramon Jefferson's performance, great piece to why Sam Houston had the success that they did. Not the same scoring output that we're used to seeing from the Bearcats, but still a good offensive day in a in not-so-good conditions. It also doesn't help that they were playing on grass, of all places, to be playing that, that game in the torrential downpour. I still stand by this take, and I'm going to stand by it the whole summer, Sean. I think Jaquez Ezzard going into this offseason and into the 2021 fall season is the best offensive uh, offensive weapon in the FCS. Barring he doesn't transfer. Mm. I'm a little bit worried that he does because he did already transfer from Howard to Sam Houston. There's already some NFL buzz surrounding his name. Jim Nagy already posted a picture of him on their Senior Bowl watch list board. So there is NFL buzz for Jaquez Ezzard. A lot of people are talking about this dude because he's so explosive. He's got really good cutting ability. He's got great vision. All of those things make him very, very scary as a player. And if he doesn't transfer up to the FBS level, he is going to be the best returning offensive weapon at the FCS level. We talked about it last week about him really putting his name on the uh, out there, you know, this uh, against GMU how he really got his recognition. That was the game that put him on the map. I didn't realize you could be more on the map. I didn't realize it. I thought that was kind of <laughs> as, as as top as it gets. And then this this game, you can't miss him. He's going to be uh, all over the boards. He's going to be everywhere. That's just what you what what he has become and how he has developed. And in two weeks, he has gone from great wide receiver at Sam Houston State to, oh my gosh, we got to really keep an eye on him because he's doing this and he did it all season, but he was also doing it in the clutch versus the best teams in the FCS. I kind of hate to say this sometimes uh, as a way to, to differentiate NFL prospects from the non-NFL prospects at the FCS level because it does speak a, a negative note on the other guys that are playing at the, at the level, and I always talk up the competitiveness of the FCS. But the way that I know a guy is special is when you can immediately pick him out on a field and the, the first gut thought that you have is that, oh my God, this dude is so much more talented than the guys trying to tackle him or are playing around him. The last guy I had those thoughts on was Trey Lance. You watch Trey Lance and it's like, oh my God, how is he playing at North Dakota State? How is he not at Michigan or Minnesota? And I think the same thing can be said about Jaquez Ezzard. And I'm not... I'm not trying to talk down on any of his teammates because there's a lot of talented players on that Sam Houston roster, a number of which will probably get training camp or rookie minicamp invites. But Ezard man is just a different animal. The, the way that he can move, the way that he can cut, the speed that he has. And I, I forget if it was one of the members of his coaching staff that has an NFL background, but there was a former NFL player that literally said, "I it is... 
very rare to see a guy move like that. There are not a lot of guys that can. I'm curious to see what his 40 time is. He, that's got to be like a 4-4 or lower. He's still got the deceptive speed, though. It, 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 he's, you could tell he's just gliding, but it's the feet and his size. I don't know what it is. He's just faster and moving out of the way of people better than anybody else. But it's, it, I think it's more of a glide than it is true foot speed, even though he's just setting right. up defenders to get their ankles taken from him. It, it really, really not weird, but different type of speed. And it's hard to categorize that. Well, I think the way to categorize it, Sean, and you are correct, the, the gliding speed where it looks effortless is, is hard to characterize, but the other aspect of that is characterizable is that he can cut without losing speed. He cuts on a dime. Yes. And that's what makes guys dangerous, and it's very rare to find FCS players that have that ability, and he's continually improved over his time at the FCS. That's the big reason why I'm worried I think that he's starting to to read the headlines or he's starting to hear the murmurs enough. And like any FCS guy that's good is going to pick up those things. That's why Isaiah Coulter left is because he was starting to hear the murmurs and he got drafted. All it takes is for a couple guys from other programs that he's friends with, like Kalen Newton is at Auburn. I don't know if he's still there or not. All it takes is some mur- some murmurs. And he can end up at an FBS program. I really think that, that that's very much in play for, for Jaquez Ezzard. Now, Joe, out of 10, how would you rate this uh, FCS football championship game? Out of 10? I would honestly put... The, oh, man, it, For it's enjoyment. It's to really rate. Uh, for enjoyment to watch, it was a little frustrating for the beginning of the game because as a long snapper, watching all those bad snaps and dropped punts was very... Uh, uh, I was wincing a lot. Uh, I got a good reaction from Long Snapper Twitter though when I tweeted about it. Uh, that's is always that nice a Twitter? Yeah, apparently it is. I'm like the. All king right, everybody. Of this is the show. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson. That was Joe DeLeon. You can follow us on Twitter. Oh, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! If I had to give a, is that if not I had something to that should end the show? If I could grade this, Sean, don't 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 crap on my. I, just because I I am I Say have something. a niche does not mean uh, okay. That's fine. Okay, look. If I were to grade this show, I th- or, or this this game, the show zero. I, I w- <laughs> just for the beginning part, it's a six. <laughs> I have to say, for this game, I would put it at like at least an eight. Last year's game was was very tense, especially the way that it ended, and that JMU almost climbed back, but not really. But I would I would say this game was far more exciting. Because it was it, it was so long, it was so drawn out. the The rain delay took some air out of the sails, and you're just watching the game. And you're like, "All right, when is somebody going to take over?" Both these teams are really good. They just need a little bit of momentum, and they're going to take a two two score lead. And I I honestly had no idea that that Sam Houston was going to to make that comeback drive the way that they did. So I think like an eight eight point five is is pretty good scale for how exciting and enjoyable it was. I think that's fair. I think that Sam Houston State and South Dakota State are both on. Great tracks. I might grade this higher if they had gone deeper last year and were like anticipating it a little more, a little more, a little more. But I, I think an eight, eight and a half for total enjoyment of the game is, is pretty fair because we were kind of spoiled with some pretty great North Dakota State JMU games. We just were. So I'm very, very happy with this game. I'd say uh, it's just for people reference of the scale. I'd give 2011. Uh, what is it? 
Uh, Cardinals Steelers Super Bowl a 10. I would give the Rams Patriots Super Bowl from a couple years ago a zero. So I'd put this at about an eight. Wait, were you? Why would you give that a zero? The, the Rams Patriots points. game. That Fine, they the get a best one. Punting showdown oh, in Super Bowl Christ. history. Oh, Got to give it a little bit more than that. Um, regardless, Sean, I, I think the the best way to wrap up today's show is this was the perfect way to end the spring season. And I I know we spent a lot of time last show talking about like, oh, hey, this is a really difficult circumstance and both teams should be applauding their efforts to make it this far. But overall, looking at things as a whole, it was a messy season. Nothing was clean. Nothing was perfect. We ended up with two teams, albeit the one and the two seed, unexpected competitors facing off against each other. We're used to see, we could have very well had JMU versus North Dakota State, not by how the bracket was set up, but we could have ended up having that. Imagine if Trey Lance stayed, we would have just had another North Dakota State national championship. Mm -hmm. That obviously was not going to happen, but we end up with this strange circumstance playing through COVID season and I, it's almost uh, poetic in a way, Sean, if you think about it. The game is hit in the beginning with so much adversity. The rain is dumping on both of these teams. They're both making mistakes. They're not playing the way that they used to. Neither of them can score. Then they go in a rain delay, which is even more adversity. Having to sit in a locker room for over the normal length of a halftime. Not getting a halftime and then having to play two and a half straight quarters. And then the sun comes out, and then we get the fireworks. We get the exciting pieces and parts to the game that we were expecting to see. I I don't know. You can call me corny if you want, but I I don't know. I think there is something poetic in that, that it's almost eerily reminiscent of the entire season as a whole, how this game played out. I I don't know. I I didn't think of it like that until now. You're completely right. It just ended up working out exactly how it would have. And mm-hmm. I think it still would have done so if, if South Dakota State won or Sam Houston won. Either either way, it's not like there was some big underdog in this game. It was two teams yeah. that did everything right all season, that put it all out there. And then in the championship game, they were faced with another test, aside from playing another 60 minutes of football in an, for a national championship. You can't write it. You just can't. It's it's phenomenal. This is what sports are really about, and it, you know it's it it is poetic. And I don't know. There's people that don't understand that. There's people that don't understand the the fascination or the love of sports. And you watch what happened this last year and a half. You're like, wow. You know, this is bigger than whatever my 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 gas problems from last week. Way bigger. It's <laughs> it's just got an impact on everybody. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. And I, again, just to, to conclude that thought, I, I think it was the perfect way to finish the season on what was the most exciting play in the most exciting game and big plays from elite, talented players that needed to step up in moments where they were expected to step up. During the offseason, though, just kind of taking a, a sneak peek forward, we're going to do uh. as we typically do for the fall. Thank you, Sean. Um, that's what Sean's going to do during the offseason. He's, 
going to provide us with vocal commentary. We need to transition somehow. Lacks substance. <laughs> um, God, I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> I'm so thrown off now. Uh, we're we're going to do like we do. We usually do, folks. We're going to preview each conference. We're going to preview each position group. And the goal is to have as many interviews as possible. So stay tuned for that. I'm not going to reveal too much because I don't want to jinx the possibilities for some of the people that we're going to have on the show. It's just a matter of scheduling and having some of these guests on. But we should have a bunch of interviews that are going to be popping up over the offseason as it is going to be a little bit more normal for these teams without the clear obstacle of not playing in the fall and, and all of that that messy stuff next week's show sean you're gonna love being a part of that show uh, can you guess who's coming on that show i don't know one of your punter friends no it's gonna be ryan roberts we're gonna get ryan roberts to come on the show he's gonna tell us about the best players in the fcs that we should be paying attention to talking about we know them about the dra- no he's gonna tell us about the draft prospects we know them ryan roberts is gonna come on and talk <laughs> about the draft <laughs> prospects um Make sure you stay tuned for that. It'll either be ne- this week or or uh, next Tuesday or the following. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Sean, you got any closing thoughts before I wrap us up? Yeah, if you're ever offered to be in a draft Twitter, Legion draft, Fantasy Dynasty uh, thing like that, uh, refuse. You're on the clock right now, by the way. You're on the clock That's right crazy. now. That's crazy. Yeah, I've been on the clock for five hours. It is a ridiculous premise. Don't ever do it, folks. That's that's my final thoughts. I, I I don't know why you agreed. It was you could have said no. I, mean, I didn't know that's how it was going to be. I did not know it was going to stretch over a month long <laughs> draft. And then well, one, okay, twice we, a day I'm getting Sean, you're on the clock. clock. I'm like, well, I should have been off you, the clock after you not, two hours. Do you not get notifications? Do you not get no? Notifications I don't. I don't phone? know how to get them. I, I looked. Turn, do, at, did I, you I, download the app? Yes. Turn on notifications. You I, it doesn't notifications. give me the option in my phone. Oh, that's annoying. Because I get notifications on it. I don't. That sucks. I, you that know, it, it's probably even better that I don't and I have Alex to tell me when I need to draft because I would just yeah. swipe right up on it. It has become a nuisance. Well, we I have 35 you, players. It's, it's a dynasty league. It is a dynasty league. And there's also a rookie draft, by the way. There's a separate what draft. What in the, the hell? I'm auto-draft. It's a dyna- I'm auto-drafting it's a here. Can I auto-draft? No, no, you can't auto-draft. What do you mean it's I can't? dynasty league. Do I have the option that has to? 12 teams. We're all in different times. There's a kid in Germany. How are we supposed to coordinate drafting with a kid in Germany? <laughs> we do right, a draft well, sh- at 8 p.m. He does his at 6 a.m. It should okay, take here, no how more about than this? an hour. How about this? Go in the Twitter chat and say, hey, guys, why don't we aim for one time to sit down and finish this? You do that, and then we'll get through it quicker. Um, I'm not sending another Jesse, message in that group chat. Jesse Fritsch, thank you for the kind words the other day, by uh, the way. Very nice. I don't think he listens. I don't think he listens often, but whenever he does, I don't think he listens so nice. past the first five minutes. Oh, he's gonna love the first five minutes of today's oh, show. Geez. All right. <laughs> Folks, follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Sanderson Radio, at Believe Podcasts. Uh, subscribe, five star review, you know the drill, and head to believe.com for more. Uh, fantastic shows. There are hundreds of them, and we've got exciting things coming over the next few months. See you later, folks. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.